Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Hi, I'm Kim Salmon. I'd like to have a quick word about uh, public radio, particularly 3CR. The thing about public radio is that it's more open than the more formatted types of radio to what's going on around it. So when you listen to it, you're more likely to hear a reflection of real life. And 3CR being in the heart of Smith Street, Collingwood, is a particularly good example of what I'm talking about. If you'd like to uh, subscribe... The number is 94198377. You've been listening to the sand. You could never understand. Feel the Ordinary things merely annoy people. Oh, let me start again, sorry. Ordinary things merely annoy people. Inspired hatred is one more bit of evidence that bicycles are something great, something beyond the mundane, something worthy of grand animosity. Bill Strickland. Never get this queued up properly. And on this nearly perfect autumnal morning here in Melbourne with that gentle rain making all those manhole covers and white white paint death to a cyclist. You're listening to the Yarrabug Radio Show here on 3CR in the kitchen and the tranny, streaming from your latest device or maybe waiting to save it again and listen to it sometime else. On the tricycle this morning, Faith, good morning Faith. And joining us this morning is the third wheel. I'm sorry, Faith, I'll do that again. Good morning, Val. And joining us is the third wheel on the tricycle this morning, Will Hardman. Good morning, Will. Good morning, Val. How's things? I see you dodged the rain on the way. Yeah. Not really. I'm <laughs> sitting in a pool of water right now. <laughs> it's a little bit warm in here, so it should be good. Yeah. Many thanks to Amy Goodman and Democracy Now!, you should have noticed, or some people might have noticed, that one of the things on the target for uh, Mr Trump is the cutting of funding for the public broadcasting system in America, and that's where democracy now comes from. But above all that, we have those little moments on a bicycle or at some stage during our waking lives of that bicycle moment, and it comes to us sometimes specially. Faith is saying, I've got a great one to tell you, so I'll save it. Will, why don't we get a pipe moment from you? Um, I, uh, I rode down to Shoreham on Saturday night with uh, a friend, Jed, and, um, yeah, you know, perfect, uh, Indian summer weather we've been having, uh, got up over Arthur's seat a little bit before sunset and, um, got down onto Main Ridge, uh, just as the sun was setting, passing all the vineyards and, um, there was no wind, no cars, 
lovely sunset light, and uh, as you'd know, it's pretty much downhill all the way to shore yeah, yeah. from there. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, that was a good, good little end to a little evening mission down there. So that was fantastic. There's nothing like not pedaling on a bike and going fast. Is yep, it? That's it. Faith, I was after work the other day. Um, this is not bike related, but I reckon it's something special anyway. I usually take the dogs for a walk. They usually wait till the sun goes down, cools off a bit. Probably about ten past eight. I'm walking past one of the nice parts of <coughs> my local park. Quite tallish, sixty foot gum tree next to me. And I'm just walking past the tree, and I hear, ooh, 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 ooh. and then all of a sudden. Six, eight kookaburras no. just go berserk. <laughs> it was the funniest thing of all time. <laughs> and, uh, and did it rain after that? Is no, that it didn't they, rain. No. It was, you know, the nights have been quite, anyway, still quite warm. Yeah, yeah. You want to pass? Um, I had a, a couple of bike moments. I rode to, to visit a friend out at Bright, um, and again on that Murray to Mountains Rail Trail. And uh, left Wangaratta and you you go through a bit where you it takes a little while before you start feeling like you're actually out in the middle of some nowhere, mm. you know. Um, but, you know, was riding along and saw it and keeping an eye out for snakes because it was still nice and sunny and warm and, and saw this strange-looking stick that was sitting up in an odd way but then started sort of moving... <laughs> <laughs> so slowed right down and so as not to scare the strange looking stick and, and you know that thing where you're getting closer thinking what is it, what is it but you can't quite make it out and it turned out to be this absolutely massive lace monitor <sighs> and, uh, and he or she did eventually move off the trail but not too far and then up a tree but just enough that you had an even better view than if they'd been on the ground and in, uh, I could wander around and have a good stare. Yeah, wildlife weekend. Oh, there was quite a bit, yeah. <laughs> Apart from the cyclist, you mean. <laughs> um, news and events. We're going to touch on something briefly and not in a little bit of um, talk about it. Some people would have noticed a letter to an opinion piece by Janet Rice to the Fairfax newspapers early in the week. Unfortunately, um, it was followed by the, uh, the death of uh, wife and mother of two, Azur Bagler down in Yarraville, which seemed to tie the two things together. Well, it was, I mean, Janet Rice po- made a post on her Facebook page because she was taking part in the Bicycle Network yeah. Big Tuesday count. And part of that count is that you note genders because it's. You know, there are significant differences in different parts of Melbourne on who rides a bike. So some areas of Moreland and Yarra will get close to 50-50 gender splits on uh, some of their bicycle infrastructure. And um, other areas will have much lower. And it's an indicator of how safe people feel, um, whether or not you're able to get women and families out on their bikes. So when Janet mentioned this on her Facebook page purely as a routine matter, I don't know, someone obviously had shared this in a forum. Um, she attracted not not just a lot of anti-cyclist um, comments but some really, really nasty, misogynist sort of like why, why are women even relevant to this conversation? What's it got to do with, you know, 
why are you um so it made it extremely poignant that two days later um a woman was killed in that area where Janet's doing the count um in the sort of circumstances she was uh, talking about infrastructure helping with so yeah that was very tragic very tragic for, um for that family, but for everyone, I think if you're if you ride around the the west and through those areas, it's always an uncomfortable feeling with a lot of the trucks and that there, and so that's going to be on people's minds for quite some time. Yeah, and I mean, we can all paint a rosy picture of cycling in Melbourne. We've still got this undercurrent of something sliding around in the background. It's not just particular, as you said, it's not just cyclists riding in and saying things. No, to Janet no, Ross. Anyway. No. But the point being made that the better the infrastructure, the more people of all ages and genders will ride. That yeah. is the real thing. Yeah. You know? And interesting to see on those figures, Canning Street, nearly 50-50. Yep. Napier Street, nearly 50-50. Yeah. Some of the others, 75-25. Although I might say Canning Street was just me this morning. At yeah. <laughs> Lovely. We've got pole position at Alexandra Parade. <laughs> because I reckon about 200 more people were riding the work last week and the week before oh, than there were yeah, before lovely. because it was just magic whether there was everybody was riding. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, that's our news, but we're going to really talk about how do you ride a bike from one side of Australia to the other, mm. eating catching your game along the way, stopping at water holes. Yep. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) And to to fear you in about all of this, we'll be back in a sec. Sorry. Um, (laughs) For progressive people around the world, it's been a hard start to the year. Trump is rolling out his racist agenda, inspiring increased racial, religious and gender-based hatred across the globe. It really is time to rally together to fight for a better world. There is power in numbers and there is power in independent, community-run media. Join the swelling number of people fighting back by becoming a member of your radical activist radio station. Show us your love and subscribe to 3CR. Call us on 9419 8377 or pay online 3cr.org.au forward slash subscribe. And you're back listening to the Yarrabug Radio Show. Um, Regular listeners may have heard about a month ago we had Jesse Carlson and Sarah Hammond in the studio talking about the Indian Pacific Road Race, which is wheel race, which uh, kicked off on Saturday from Fremantle. Uh, the race is 5,500-odd kilometres from Perth over to Sydney, crosses the Nullarbor, Great Ocean Road, the Alps, um, and has attracted not only a, a huge field of Australians, but a lot of uh, competitors from overseas, including um, the gods of the uh, endurance racing mm. world, many of them. 
And uh, so we thought it would be good to uh, catch up on how things are going in the first days of the race, which have already turned out to be quite exciting. So we've got Will Hart in the studio to bring us, fill us in and uh, bring us up to date on everything that's been happening. Yeah, so, um, yeah, wow, what a, well, what's now, 49 hours of racing. Um, Yeah, it's Uh, (laughs) mind-blowing, absolutely (laughs) mind-blowing. It's been a huge start, a huge two days. Yeah, I mean, where do you start? Um, Well, you start in Fremantle, I suppose, so, yeah. how far's the longest leader travelled so, so far? So the leaders are out around the 1100 kilometre mark. Um, seems that uh, late last night they uh, took on the 90 miles straight in the Nullarbor. Yep. Um, mm. So 90 miles, no bends, yep. no ups, no downs. Just uh, the time trial from hell in the dark. <laughs> and having ridden out sort of an Udna Data track at night when uh, you see a road train coming, you can see them from about 40 kilometres away. So it's um, it's really hard to get that depth perception when you're out on the road and seeing a car with no. its high beams coming from such a long way away. Uh-huh. And um, I can imagine with, the, you know, a little bit of sleep deprivation... Uh, being a bit tired and uh, rolling along, that you know, that could really be, uh, you know, part part of the attraction and uh, part of uh, what makes this really tough. Yeah. Um, so that's Christoph and Mike. Yeah. So yep. Christoph and Mike Hall. Christoph Allegart has raced the Transcontinental three of four, uh, three of the four times and won it every single time. Uh, it's a race that's put on by Mike Hall, who's. Uh, now got the record for the tour divide across uh the continental divide of the u.s so those two have never actually raced together so um you know jesse putting this race on um i think you know the thing he was most excited about was getting these two together in in australia the other side of the world for both of them and having them have a showdown across the nullarbor which is what's been happening (laughs) um so, I mean, look, this isn't a two-man race. These things are incredibly tough and take a lot of, um, you know, emotional endurance as well. So um, I've noticed just in sort of the last sort of eight hours overnight that um, suddenly a lot of the girls that I think have a lot more mental toughness for this stuff than the guys, sorry, but uh, you do. Um, you've got uh, Juliana Beerig jumped up. Getting close to Sarah, Jackie Bernardi's not too far behind, and um, what's her name? Uh, Vasiliki Vodzali uh, from uh, yeah. Greece. Um, she uh, demanded to sleep in the back of a truckie's uh, <laughs> cabin the other night because it was raining and she was cold, and the guy obliged, and uh, she got on her way a few hours later. So, um, you know, there's some awesome stories that come out of these events. Um, you know, it's not, as I said, a two-man race up the front. There's uh, a lot more going on uh, sort of midfield. Um, and I think what makes these events really special is you've got some pretty normal, everyday people taking on what's probably the biggest challenge of their life. And um, to a lot of uh, people at home looking at the uh, map progress site where you can basically follow their GPS trackers, um, they're what seems like superhuman but some of these people are everyday 
regular Joes. Um, there's one particular guy who's an absolute legend. He uh, tried race to the rock last year. His name's Paul Ardle. He's uh, 74 oh, this year. Yeah. Um, he's been pushing about uh, 200Ks a day, which uh, I think is very impressive. Um, and so that's, I think that's one of the interesting things about these races. You do have the, the elite athletes mm. and who are racing against each other. But then you also have the people who have set themselves a personal challenge. Like, if I could do that yeah. in 20 days or yeah. 30 days. Yeah, um, or a month or... Yeah. Yeah. And uh, there's a lot of really interesting stories mm. back there too. Absolutely, yeah. Um, do they... Will they... I'm up there on the flat stage now, obviously, mm. and things will change when you get to think. You would think they'd keep this rate up for the next couple of days, or does you get to week two and um, things slow down a little bit? Uh, look, I mean, yeah. Because the, the leaders have set a phenom- That was the yeah. other big thing uh, with the first two days. Yeah. How much did they cover um, so per day? It's over 500. The first 24 hours was 600Ks for yeah. the top four. Um that was aided somewhat by some pretty strong tailwinds. So, yeah. Um, yeah, the weather was pretty horrendous from the f- bit of footage I've seen. Um, bucketing rain. Bucketing Similar rain, to Melbourne this morning. Sort of, yeah, some, you know, um, isolated sort of almost sort of hurricane, typhoon looking well, activity. They um, wanted a test. Yeah, well, that's it. <laughs> well, um, yeah, it, it's quite funny that, you know, Jesse put on Race to the Rock last year and um, they had unprecedented rain in <laughs> central Australia and uh, he's put this on. So, um, you know, I think... Um, we know what to expect in future. Yeah, um, the farmers <laughs> love Jesse. <laughs> uh, what, um, on track for them, when do they look like um, finishing? I mean, um, I'm, I'm going to say this, mm. and knowing that it's not going to happen, all things being equal, and mm. they keep going, what are we looking at? How many days do you reckon? I mean, at the moment, they're on track to sort of go eight or nine days, but that's not probably going to happen. happen. No. Yeah, we've got the Australian that. Alps, um, friend Gareth, who's uh, doing very well at the moment, He's um, he rode up to Canberra over a weekend on the yeah. course and um, caught a plane home on the Monday, as you do. And um, he reckons some of that Australian Alps section is actually tougher than the Nullarbor in a way. You know, yeah. the Nullarbor, all you got to do is take enough food and water, water. and you're yeah. right. That's, and just keep pushing the pedals Cap up, down, up, yeah. down. Um, when you hit the Alps, you know, you've got the back of falls that climbs brutal. Mm. Um, you've got some other stuff out towards Canberra where, you know, you're getting up into elevation. Um, you know, it's not unlikely that we get an april snowfall as well so yeah yeah, yeah. um yeah it's not over yet how and many oh. oh i was just gonna say and even i mean it's it's not that level of difficulty but i can imagine if you end up riding up swanson street sleep deprived and mm. not having ever been there before mm. fun, that, that sort of i mean Navigating when you're out in the country is mm. somewhat uh, there's less complexity. Yeah, and if you're trying to work your way through strange cities mm. um, when you're uh, tired and um, that that that's going to add another level. Yeah, absolutely. Look, there's 
a massive Melbourne contention in the field and they're going to know every single one of the bike paths from That's true, yeah. the Federation Trail out yeah. into the Dandenongs. So you know, I'll probably see a few Melbourne people jump up a few positions there. but um, And I would think, I don't know what's going to happen in Adelaide, but yeah. when yeah. Jesse and Sarah were talking here, the idea that actually Melbourne cyclists would go out and meet them where they are and ride with them through Melbourne and yeah. places like that. Are they doing anything like that in Adelaide? They're riding um, through the middle well, of Adelaide? Come, yeah, they come yeah. Down, down Gorge Road, uh, yeah. quite often used in the Tower Down Under, and uh, onto the uh, Torrens Linear Trail and in, right into the city, yeah. um, down King William Street. Uh, then they head up Greenhill Road, which is a great climb. I uh, used to do that a lot as a teenager. And, um, you know, it's a solid climb. It's probably 6% half an hour climb um yeah and out through the you know back roads of the adelaide hills which um you know be a nice relief i think for a lot of people <laughs> <'cause>, um, <laughs> wash your mouth out with soap how's it going to be some sort of relief i'm at three thousand yeah. kilometers under me bit more slept. scenery i've hardly slept i can't eat properly i've been eating mcdonald's and chicken mental burgers stimulation. All the yeah <laughs> oh, the <laughs> lovely <laughs> autumnal colors of the uh, adelaide wine regions um, <laughs> so as you know after all this is a, a tourist trip for yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, even yeah, some yeah. of the front runners that's how they uh it's how they holiday so uh, yeah. <laughs> Touring with a sense of urgency. Absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> there was a, I'm not, I don't want to get off track here, but there was a great, I'm trying to, it was Stuart O'Grady, I think, who got told off, and then his <coughs> last tour got told off for sitting up and having a look at Mount St. Mount St. Michael, you know, on that mm. title thing. Mm. And somebody asked him about it, and he said, shit, mate, I've ridden about 13 tours. I've never seen the French countryside. All I've seen is somebody's backside <laughs> in front of me. He said, so I sat up and yeah. had a look. <laughs> so there were, um, I think, about 70 on the roster. We've had mm. a few pull out, including Jesse. Yeah, I mean, that was quite unfortunate. Um, he's done an absolutely amazing job getting this um, underway. It's a as feat an event. in itself. Yeah, absolutely. Without, um, and chatting to him on... Uh, Friday evening, he, he said to me on the phone, oh, look, uh, I just can't wait to go ride my bike. <laughs> Getting this uh, organised, uh, wow, it's been uh, it's been tough. So, yeah, look, I mean, you know, I think to put this on and then try and ri ride it at the front um, is a superhuman effort. And, um, you know, kudos to him for putting this on. I think, you know, it's, it's made international media attention. It's got, you know, the local... National news is onto it. Yeah. Um, you've got SBS cycling commentator Rupert Guinness has decided yes. to give it a crack. So I saw you know, that. Like, yeah, fancy so, journalist, do we? Yeah. <laughs> um, so look, you know, I think it's uh, it's you know, I think if this continues year in year out, it's going to become a pretty big event. We might um, have to replace Melbourne Cup Day with the uh, Indy Pacific Indy uh, Day. Two, no, it'd have to be two weeks, I reckon. <laughs> two weeks of holidays. So everyone can be dot watching all night. Yeah. So the leaders have done that 90-kilometre stretch. Mm. Um, most of the field have still got that to look forward to. What after that is the next big uh, challenge for our riders? Uh, well, most of those roadhouses along the Nullarbor are all about 180 kilometres apart. Mm -hmm. So, you know, still one a tank few, of fuel apart. Yeah, one yeah, one old fuel tank yeah. of an old <laughs> car apart. Um, I mean, you know, it's sort of 
it's pretty tough going all the way until probably the Clare Valley, to be honest. Um, even once you get to Sejuna, that road across to Port Augusta is, um, you know, it's it's outback Australia. I've, I've driven it quite a few times, and there's, you know, there's sort That's... of wheat farms or desert or salt lakes, and um, you know, no shelter from the sun, the wind, the rain. Um, it's a long, hard slog. Yeah. And if anyone um, wants to, hasn't yet got onto the uh, dot watching, you can uh, find the link for uh, tracking all the riders at Indian Pacific Race, Indian Pacific Wheel Race.com. And uh, we'll put that up also on the podcast. There's also uh, the Indian Pacific Wheel Race Facebook account, has a lot of very frequent updates. Yeah, Will there's is a going few to be people in the field doing videos, so that's been really good. And you're going to be updating the blog? Uh, yes, yeah, so there's a little blog on the Indian Pacific Wheel Race site, which um first few posts have been a bit how, how to watch it and a little bit on the front runners, but I think as the event unfolds, I'll probably put a bit more attention into some of the midfield everyday riders that are doing pretty amazing things out there. So, yeah. yeah. We spoke of the oldest rider. Right? Does it matter how old the youngest one is? Not really. Then the, no, it doesn't. He's nineteen. Yeah. Um, which is, yeah. you know, it's pretty ambitious. Um, yep. You know, I used to bury myself way too hard on a bike when I was nineteen. <laughs> so I don't think I'd want to ride across the Nullarbor when I was nineteen. But um, yeah. it's an interesting uh, when you think about it because it is uh, often <coughs> it's a real um, it's about mental. Resilience. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So then, when you think about you know the the seventy year old and the nineteen year old, like mm, mm. Um, who's yeah, it's a tortoise and hare situation. <laughs> <laughs> the, when we're just mentioning, um, say, what was it, one hundred and eighty k's between the roadhouses? Yeah, up, much, up to sort of. I presume people are carrying a bladder. Yeah, water bladders, and probably what two or three kilos, um, liters of water as well. Oh, it's hard to say. Yeah, I mean, it hasn't been hot enough that you'd need no. to carry 10. But, um, you know, I think uh, someone spotted Christoph Allegard with just one drink bottle at one point. So nah. whether that was a psych-out move. <laughs> <he's gotta, laughs> but, I mean, the guy hasn't even got a saddlebag. I don't know what he's he, – he looks – he's got less stuff on his bike than most people take day riding. So that's – That's, that's yeah. interesting. You see commuters with two panniers. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think he's taking his laptop. <laughs> Just the other question, I know we're going to run out of time. Do people then take or have specialist diet to try and keep those calories up without oh, sort of I mean, it's, digesting all the time? You know, Jesse always goes on about looking at the numbers on the back of the packet. And yeah, yeah, yeah. The higher yeah, the yeah. kilojoules, the better. Um, uh, There's a great little video of uh, Beth Dunn and what she'd got, which looked yeah. all very, very healthy. So check that oh, out yeah, on yeah, the yeah, Facebook yeah, page. Yeah, because yeah. um, obviously digesting food hard to digest. Yeah, anyway. yeah. Yep. But yeah. you probably wouldn't want to be too selective because if you find yourself out on the Nullarbor at a roadhouse again, you're going yeah. to just have you to. Know, yeah, work I mean, there's with a few vegans you... doing it, and I think what yeah, they're that's... looking for is going to be pretty interesting at times. So. Bananas. Bananas, bananas, bananas. <laughs> bananas, potassium, potassium, potassium. Never fails. Mm. Okay. Well, that's uh, 
all we have time for with today's show. As we said, if you want to find out more about the Indian Pacific Wheel Race and follow the progress of the riders, you can do that at indianpacificwheelrace.com. Thanks a lot to Will for coming in. Uh, 3CR relies on the support of its listeners to stay on the air. So if you'd like to make a donation or subscribe to the station, you can do that at 3cr.org.au. Val and I will be back in a fortnight and coming up next is Dirt Radio. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.